the, uh, a lot of times I, I use the word uh, horny uh, to my place. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? <laughs> Welcome to episode seven of the MUFC podcast. How did I do, Tom? Probably better than me, to be fair. A lot more energetic. You have a good day at work, did you? Oh, mate, there's no such thing as a good day at work for me. Would you say before it does feel like a Friday? I kind of wish it was a Friday, but at least we got the long weekend in Australia to look forward to. We do. We do. Okay. Actually, do we even I... get the long weekend as well? Queen's birthday, right? I lose track of everything regarding the Queen. I don't have a clue what's happening there. But um, most people listening to this will be on Friday. Now we'll just get into the kickoff question. Um, as you just said, it is episode seven. So um, we'll go through your favourite number seven. Now we'll, we'll just go through the main candidates. Obviously, there's George Best, who actually wore eleven for I think technically actually wore eleven more games than he did seven. But we'll consider him as a number seven. Brian Robson, Eric Cantona, David Beckham, Cristiano Ronaldo, and of course Michael Owen. You forgot Di Maria. <laughs> Di Maria, Antonio Valencia. <laughs> uh, for me, it'd have to be Cristiano Ronaldo only because. I'm not a I'm not a very old man, Tom. Um, and Ronaldo was really blossoming, uh, growing up for myself as a teenager. That whatever haircut Ronaldo had, that's what you wanted. Whatever he did on the football pitch, that's what you wanted to emulate. Um, wonderful footballer. Did you put the white socks on? Remember, you used to have the white tape over the black yeah, socks. Yeah, white <laughs> tape on the on the ankles. And uh, what a wonderful footballer. You know, we've seen him this morning as well, show his heroics. He's still carrying Portugal at 34 years of age. Um, who would have ever thought when he left United what he'd go on to be? And there was also the one-trick pony um, that a lot of the United fans used to moan about. And look what he look at what he's achieved in the game. Uh, you know, he gave us our first Champions League trophy in, what was it, nine years? What a player. Yeah, look, the more I think about it, I think Ronaldo potentially, uh, a, lot of, a lot of people look at it that he was so flashy and he has left for Real Madrid. But I find it hard to think of an actual better player who has played for United when you think about what he did. Uh, it, was a sh- it was a short time he was there, but he goes on to win us a Champions League almost single-handedly, won the Ballon d'Or that season. And I remember when we sold him, I thought, well, OK, that's disappointing, but he's never going to have to beat that season. You think, OK, we'll get £80 million for him, that's fantastic. He bet, he's betted that every single season, maybe yeah. except this season for Juventus. But um, it's hard to disagree with Ronaldo. But for me, maybe just that few gener- not not a few generations, just one generation earlier, probably Beckham. I think is yeah. he almost exactly the same thing, the the poster boy of the club. But um, and the same thing as Ronaldo. He was such a good player. A lot of it was a lot of the media perception of him. Oh, he's only regarded as a good player because of his celebrity status but him as we mentioned that last season in 98-99 season he was the second best player in the world you could argue he was the best player oh, oh, statistically maybe yes yeah. I think it's hard Rivaldo was a special player but David Beckham that season and growing up he's one player I was genuinely gutted when he sold when the links started with Real Madrid and it wasn't like now with social media where you keep up with everything you just heard snippets once maybe once a week and I was just say no he's not going to Real Madrid he loves United I never thought it was a possibility and I was saying no it's never going to happen never going to happen then one morning you wake up and he's holding a Real Madrid shirt and that was that was gutting that was a that was a tough one 
but no love for Michael Owen, Antonio Valencia? Oh, I love Antonio Valencia, but he, he wore the seven jersey for a season, and even so, he's definitely not. Wow. He's not in the conversation, and Michael Owen is just a dirty scale size, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, even Liverpool fans don't want him to get back into it. But he's, he's, he's angling for that ambassadorial role at Liverpool, yeah. but they don't want nothing to do with it. Nothing important really happened with Liverpool this week, so... Yeah, no, no, no I didn't say anything. So, we'll skip on to, at the time, just as we press record on this, it just popped up on Twitter that Daniel James is reportedly having his medical, so by the time you listen to this, he's probably definitely completed and potentially holding up the United shirt, um, but I'm sure we'll discuss that next week. So, to start off with, we've been discussing Pogba in recent weeks. Is Pogba going to go to Real Madrid? It seems Juventus have maybe stolen yeah. a march and... Quite a credible source has said that they are definitely in talks with Paul Pogba. Yeah, Damasio. Um, I've seen the links, but the reason all this Pogba talk has actually started is apparently Juventus can't afford Milinkovic Savic, who um, Lazio were asking for around 70, 70 million euros. Now, if you're saying you can't afford Milinkovic Savic, how on earth does going for Paul Pogba make any sense? You know, um, there's been reports that they're looking at offloading players, potential swap deals. From United's point of view, I can't see it happening. Potentially next season, but I feel that because there's so much risk going into the upcoming season, and Solskjaer is a new manager, really. You know, he's looking at it like a new season. We have to forget the end of last season now. And you want to build your club around Pogba. And it could be an opportunity for the club to say, look, here's the armband. We're building this club around you. Put some better players around him. Maybe you flip his head. Do you think that whatever so, United say and whatever United's ambition is, where do you think Paul Pogba's power lays? Do you think he has almost too much? You saw with Mourinho, he almost yeah. won over Mourinho. So Pogba has shown how much power he has. Do you yeah. think they almost cave to Pogba? And if Pogba wants to go, they say, look, okay, you go. I said this a few episodes ago. Uh, United have catered to Pogba like I've never seen the club cater to any other player before but I think given the current situation with the squad he's so far and beyond our best outfield player that you almost have to do it unfortunately we're in a position of vulnerability rather than a power of strength so if the club can convince him to stay for one more season put the right players around him I think he can turn his head and then once hopefully the make the top four start recruiting better players once the club's back to at least fighting for the title then maybe the power can switch but at the moment what strikes me and I I might have said it in a couple of weeks ago as well what I can't get my head around is I can understand okay him going back to Juventus big club he's been there before he could win titles he's been in the Champions League I do not see the business sense Juventus paying because Ronaldo's going to be the top earner Pogba's not going to a club not being the top earner so he's going to want what Ronaldo's on they're paying Aaron Ramsey they've got him on a free transfer so I assume he's going to be on maybe 300 there's been reports 400 grand a week yeah let's say 350 look he could very well go to Juventus but I think that's such a steep sort of wage bill they're going to have and Juventus Italian football does seem to have a little bit of money in it now but I just don't think it could happen That's yeah, but it seems a legitimate link, and there seems to something in it. I'm sure. I'm sure the club's interested, but like, look, I'd be interested in being friends with Paul Pogba. Is he going to come hang out with me? I don't think so. Okay, now just on Pogba, or not on Pogba, but sort of a lot will depend on Pogba's future. I think if Pogba stays, the next couple of names sort of mean nothing, and they will fade away. 
But let's just go under the assumption that Pogba does leave to Juventus or to potentially Real Madrid. There's three players that will have been linked. The one which we haven't actually haven't spoken about on the podcast, but when you actually look at all the reports, he's been the most heavily linked. Bruno Fernandes for Portugal. He played this morning in the Nations League. Wonderful, wonderful If you look player. at his numbers, I, I, to be honest, I've never seen him play. I've seen all the YouTube videos. But if you see his numbers, in term, we spoke last week, I forget which player, in regards to goal contributions. From centre midfield, he's involved in a goal every game. He's it's brilliant. Um, what position? I know he plays centre mid, and he's a bit of an attacking midfielder, but... Yeah. Would he play in the a little bit? Would he play in the Herrera role? Do you think? I don't think so. No. If, looking at him play in the looks, Pogba role. Again, no. Um, I think he's purely a number ten. Um, even you could even say he can play off the striker. He's he's very creative. Um, definitely someone who could create some um, create some opportunities in that final third, which is something we've really struggled with. But if you're looking. Solskjaer finished the season with that very narrow midfield and a two-striker system, and I'm just starting to wonder... Another tick in the box of Dybala. I'm telling, I'm telling people. Look, it could very well happen, but <laughs> I'm just... If, I'm, if he wants to play that system, then Bruno Fernandes makes complete sense. You could play him at the tip of that diamond, and if you play a two-striker system, brilliant. But I don't think... If you're going to go back to a 4-3-3 formation, he's not a number eight... A, He's not the most physical player. Um, you know what? If you're going to compare him to someone in our squad, he's probably more like a one-mata. Um, very creative, very sharp. Um, great goal contribution. I'd take him in a heartbeat. It just comes down to... And again, it comes down... Like Alexis Sanchez, right? Wonderful football player. Just doesn't fit the system that we're playing. It all comes down to not just having good players, but having a good system. If we're going to play that narrow system, Bruno Fernandes is wonderful. If we're going to play a 4-3-3 predominantly then you're telling this player we're going to pull you in and out of the squad now I don't think he comes to United for that sort of money for that sort of role how much have you seen I've seen about 60-70 million yeah 60-70 million seems to be the sweet spot Um, now someone else who they reckon who I have seen a fair bit of and I would assume is quite a similar player to Bruno Fernandes and is rumoured to be about 60 million is James Madison now, I remember him playing. He came from Norwich, I think, to Leicester at the start of last season. And Leicester played the first game of the season against United. And he was very impressive uh, attacking midfielder. But for some reason, I thought, I just don't like the look of him. Not as a player, just as a person. Something about his haircut or something. I just said, no, nah, not a fan of him. He's a little little bastard. But it's come out that he's been linked with us. And then you see the interviews that he's a United fan. And suddenly I, th- I can see it working and I'm starting to see the good in him. So um, it's a weird one, but again, I think it is dependent. Spending sixty million in that, not a, I wouldn't say a number ten position, but that attacking midfield position, yeah. I do not think it happens without. Well, if Paul Pogba stays, I think if Paul Pogba leaves. Yes, you bring in a Bruno Fernandes or potentially James Madison, which sort of fits the bill, which is which everyone's sort of talking about. Sort of a young English player who has something to prove. Um, but they seem to be the two strongest links at the moment. But I don't think they happen with Paul Pogba at the club. Yeah, I think James Madison is a good player, but um, 100% agree with you. He's definitely not an upgrade, but again, if it comes down to a more... I think Pogba is such a dominant player that the system has to complement him or be built around him, whereas if you bring in players like... It's like the Coutinho effect with Liverpool. So I don't mean to bring them up, but overall, they're a better squad. Now, would, would they be a better team with Coutinho in there? Probably. I think they lack a bit of creativity. So, same thing with our team. Pogba is such a dominant footballer that... Almost, if you take him out and put in two players to replace what he does, 
maybe the system turns out better. Be interesting to see. I, like I said, I don't see United letting him go at least this season. But if he leaves, Madison, Premier League proven, put him in around better players in theory. Now, I'll just give you those names. Bruno Fernandes, James Madison, and we'll keep the figure around $60 because yesterday it came out that Christian Eriksen from Spurs wants to leave Spurs. Let's say he's got a year left in his contract. Let's say $60 million, which we know is almost near impossible from Daniel Levy at Tottenham. But James Madison, Bruno Fernandes or Eriksen, if Pogba leaves, who do you bring in out of those three? If it's... If money's not an issue and Daniel Levy's not an issue, of course you bring in Ericsson. Yeah. What a wonderful, wonderful footballer he is. Would you bring him in if Pogba stays? <laughs> you know what? I'd love to say yes, but I don't know where he fits in. Again, that's the thing. If you're looking at the system, I keep hate to keep bringing it up and sound like a, a broken record, but he's not a winger. He's, he's a purely an attacking midfielder and he's a creative player. He plays the Pogba role, so if Pogba's there, I don't see it working out. Yeah, it's a weird one. I think they're the players that have been linked so heavily. That type of, You wouldn't sort of class them as central midfielders, but not sort of those number 10s. sort of in yeah. between. And that is exactly where I see Paul Pogba playing. He's an inverted winger, but he's not a winger. Yeah. And actually, when you look at Paul Pogba, play, plays actually almost as a winger. Yeah, he's he sort of he's out right onto the left-hand side of the pitch. Yeah. So, um, look, I'm sure there'll be developments in the next week or two about that position. Um, now we'll just go on to, I'm sure a lot of people have read or read snippets of or heard little bits of the Louis Van Hal interview. So we'll just talk a little bit about, slash about the interview and Are you horny um, the Woodward and Glazers. I was watching a YouTube compilation of these press conference highlights. Oh, I recommend anyone just type into YouTube uh, Van Hal highlight. I use the word horny with my players. <laughs> And one one matter was um, next to him in the oh. press conference, and he turned to matter and says, "Is that true?" And the look on matter is like semi embarrassed and like oh. trying to laugh and trying not to laugh, and yeah. very funny. But uh, yeah, I highly recommend that. Actually, just before we get in, I just want to quote about um, regarding Delit. There was a quote from Barcelona. I don't know who's someone high up in the Barcelona. Yeah. Um, I don't know the hierarchy. And he came out and said something along the lines of picking United is the same thing as going to China. It shows a lack of ambition and that the choice is only driven by money. Now, okay, you could argue that potentially, but the way the way I potentially read it, is that someone who's angry yeah. over losing Delit? 100%. Why else would anyone from Barcelona come out and say that? That sounds like a really salty person who has come out second best in a deal. Well, it does sound like that. And look, we won't touch on it too much because we've spent the last, I think, three podcasts talking about him. But I'll pick it, him up from it, the airport it's, myself. It's another tick in the box. It, my, if it happens. My, my fear is he goes to Liverpool. Well, I have a bad feeling. Can't say that happens. Yeah, I, I can't see it, but it's a bit of a fear. I have that fear and a fear that James Rodriguez joins. I do not want that to happen because he's leaving Bayern Munich. That is not something I want. Um, but we'll get into the interview now with Van Hal. I just picked up um, one of the first things he said. He was asked, um, um, you tried to refresh the squad. Like When you came in, that was something, one of your goals, you had to try and refresh the squad. And he said, yes, but I didn't always get the players that I want. That's the problem. There is Woodward and his right-hand man, which is Matt Judge. Judge and I met once in a while, but not too much. And, and there was the head of scouting. That was the structure, but you're always a dependent on Woodward and Judge. So it sort of confirms the fears, not not the fears, but it sort of confirms everyone's thoughts that 
he doesn't really get the plays that he wants. It's Woodward, and this Matt Judge has apparently been at the club for a while and is actually the person in the negotiating room. Yeah. Not actually Woodward obviously does have a say, and Woodward does sign off on the deals. But in terms of actually in there signing and negotiating, it is this man who we now know as Matt Judge, who I assume is some type of lawyer. Is this not part of the problem, Tom? Fergie and David Gill left six years ago now. I've only heard the name Matt Judge probably in the last two months. We don't know who makes the deals at United. We don't know who's negotiating. We don't know who's the head of scouting. Apparently, there's scouts from when Moyes was still there at the club. There is absolutely no structure going on. I think but when Van Hal came in as well, Van Hal yeah. brought a whole heap of background stuff. You don't know whether they stay and they have his thoughts. That's the thing. It, it sounds like a mess. And you, if for a club to be successful, you need to be heading in the right direction. The best quote I read, um, and, and we put it up on our Instagram page, um, this is from Van Gaal. I think you have to change the structure and the organisation of Manchester United because now I think the balance between the football department and the commercial department is not right and in fact leading towards the commercial department. The club will never be successful while ever there is this obsession with advertising and marketing. We signed an AX player last week, the 16-year-old. He had an advertisement. He He had himself dribbling a ball, flipping into a United jersey. A 16-year-old player. I got excited when I saw it. I thought, oh, we'll find someone. I generally saw it on Facebook. I thought, oh, what's happened here? And then I looked at the age. I thought, oh, he's, he goes in the other 16. 16s next year. But we're putting in all that effort. I know it's a, it's not a big deal, in, but when you look at it as a big picture, this is a 16-year-old who they've managed to, you know, add some sort of digital modification to advertise him coming to the club. Right. Why is there an obsession with putting time and resources into that when time and resources should be going into building a strategy. Where's our head of football? Where's our head of recruitment? Who's putting together the plan for the club in the next five years, for the next ten years? It just comes down to, in whatever group and whatever organisation, an individual will always look out for an individual. And Woodward is looking after his bank balance. The Glazers want their money. So you can have the best intentions to do right by other people. But at the end of the day, you do look after your own first. And I think that is something that money talks for them. And um, just one other quote I had here about um, the Van Hal interview, which I thought was an interesting one. Um, it was uh, Jamie Jackson did the interview from I think he's from the Gu- I think the interview was done in the Guardian. But if you had a blank canvas, how long would it take to sort United out? And Van Hal answered, "The trouble is that you cannot demand so much time, and the fans do not allow that. Also with Solskjaer, they." She'll have demand in spite of him being an ex-player. In the football world, you have to deliver straight away. However, as an ex-player, you always have more credit. So in terms of... He said everything that were feared, but Solskjaer, do you think he will get away with more? Like in terms of... We saw Van Hal have those three or four results which almost got him the sack around that Christmas time. If Solskjaer, which I think everyone has given Solskjaer a free pass in terms of this window, um, the, the previous the end, end of the, of the season. season. Yeah. If that happens again, though, this this season, do you think Van Hal's right? He'll have a bit, a bit of credit in the bank, or do you think the fans will turn? I don't think the fans will turn on Solskjaer. Yes, he has credit in the bank, but if Christmas comes and United are playing poorly, people aren't going to be aggressive about it, but they're going to say, sorry, he's not good enough, he has to go. It's going to happen. He's got up until Christmas for me. If 
and again, and I've said this. Up I'm until like, Christmas to what? To it's not even about for us. You can, look, I'd love to say we have to make the top four, but I'm I'm beyond that now. I think without it, that's what it is. The club has to. to ha- we keep saying that, Tom, but if we keep having that attitude, then okay. Let, let's say we finish fifth and he gets the sack. Then what? You've gone through. Ex- you've gone through the experienced managers with Mourinho and Vengal. You went through someone who was building himself in David Moyes and it didn't work out. Now you're going for someone young. What do you? If there is a progression, right? If we can see the football's improving, there's a plan, there's a structure, and we finish fifth, I'll cop it. As long as there's an because you can see, yeah, you know what improvement well, well, looks but, like, yes, right? Yes, but, but we're level-headed fans. Do you think, as Van Hal alluded to, in, I don't think I brought it up, but the fans don't have that patience. Okay, you and me would say we're fans, we do have yeah. that patience. But fans, you look on the social media side. I saw there was a post saying United are coming to Perth. Here's some information on the Perth Glory team. Yeah. And the, the comments below, hundreds of comments, just abusing both. There's no, there's no patience. It's it's not about the fans. If you have strong leadership But I think club, it is about the fans. Because as soon as there's ex- fan pressure... To an extent. But that's the thing. If you have the... if. If you have the right people in charge of the club who can see that there's a plan. Do you remember? There was United fans calling for Fergie's yeah. head. Yeah. Then he won the FA Cup, and then the rest was history. If you have the right oh, people not, not, in charge... Not even after that. I remember around 2004, 2005 when we had those... Yeah, a few years where that, we went that, that was brutal. If you have the right people in charge with a plan and a structure and they believe that we're heading in the right direction, they need to stick strong no matter what happens. With Mourinho, it was very clear, right? He fell out with the players. Like It, it was no longer tenable his, for him to stay. Solskjaer has credit in the bank. If there's a structure there, if the club genuinely says, okay, we're going to put in a director of football, we're going to put in, we're going to give Solskjaer the signings he wants, this is the kind of player we want, this is the system we want, and we're going to infiltrate that through the club, from under-16s through to the first team. This is the, this is the style of football we play, this is the kind of player we recruit. That's what the best clubs do. If we finish fifth, you have to accept it and go, okay, we're improving, no problem. If it finishes, if the season starts the way we finished, he's gonna come under serious pressure to keep his job. See that—that that is my fear, and I, no one wanted Solskjaer more than me. But if his job does come under pressure, fans will turn on him. Uh, you and me, and most level-headed fans won't. Okay, we can have an opinion that he might need to leave, but his legacy will be tarnished. Okay, Giggs was in for four, four weeks. No, 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 no. He could have lost those four games. Nothing's gonna happen. But if Solskjaer does start to lose and lose and lose and it becomes a Van Hal situation, a Mourinho situation, the fear I have is that his legacy does go... And that's... Okay, his legacy is more important than the club. You need yeah. the club to move forward. But there is that fear. I think his but, legacy as a player remains intact. It, it'll just come down to, unfortunately, people will remember the managerial aspect. Yeah. I hate to keep bringing it back to Liverpool. Kenny Dalglish. Yeah. A wonderful example of that. Actually, did, did he win a trial? I forget. Did he win... A league cup, or I forget. I, I don't know. Who gives a shit? Yeah, but, but yeah, they still love him. But he was exactly legend got of sacked. the club. Got he was manager twice. Yeah. And he's been sacked twice, and they still respect him every time he's there. He's still yeah. held in high regard. So, he life will go on if if that's what happens. But look, we're all rooting for him, and like I said, the fans need patience. And if the fans are going to have patience, then. Ed Woodward and those in charge at the club need to have patience. Well, we were just discussing Woodward earlier, um, and there was a post that went out on the Man United Supporters Trust post um, page the other day regarding the Glazers' ownership and what they've done over the last 10 or so years. 
um, we talked earlier that we do understand that Woodward is a problem. He definitely is, and the Glazers are the main problem. But we both agreed that Woodward is doing his best. It's just he might not be the best person for the job. Um, did you read that Glazer um, post in regards to any of the issues they had done over the past 10 years? <laughs> Where do you start with the issues over the last 10 years? Oh, no, obviously um, we don't have all day. But Look, the, the most damning thing out of this is in 14 years, okay, so the club, as of right now, or as of the last time that finances were released, the club is in... Four hundred and sixty-seven million pounds of debt. Yeah. The club was purchased on debt at. They bought the club at six hundred. Six hundred million pounds. I think what's well, the value now? Something. A it's billion. worth four billion four bi- pounds. Okay, oh. that's value though. If so, in fourteen years of ownership, they have not cleared. They've cleared just over a hundred million yeah. in pounds. A hundred million pounds in debt. They have not put a single penny into the club. In fact, a billion has been taken out of the I club. I think we compare that, and that is the thing where a lot of fans say, oh, United do spend money. Okay, United might spend money. Rubbish. But when you compare it, as I just said there, the Glazers have taken over a billion. There's strong reports, or not reports, it's almost fact, that Chelsea, Roman Abramovich himself, has pumped a billion pounds into Chelsea since his takeover in 2003 or whenever it was. The city owners in 2008, 2009 have pumped over a billion pounds into a club of their own money. That is, it, United cannot, we, uh, we spoke last week, can United be successful under the Glazers? I think technically, okay, we said yes, they can, but you cannot be successful if an, another club is doing the exact opposite and pumping a billion pounds in. If you exactly. take a billion pounds out, you, you're literally playing with your hands tied behind your back. When you have clubs aiming for excellence, like Liverpool and Manchester mm. City are, and you're aiming for just enough, those who are aiming for excellence will well, we're aiming they'll for leave e- you for dead. We're aiming for excellence in a different category. No, not on-field excellence. We're leading the way. Came, uh, came back to what Van Gaal said. The club's got this obsession with commercial success. And you know what? Sponsors are going to stop seeing this. That's the thing. Okay, that's the, ideally they do. But do you think then Ed Woodward... Let's say Edward won't get fired. He stays in his job. That, that's going to happen. Oh, he's he's the, not getting fired. The, the Glazers maintain ownership. That's going to happen. Yeah. Do you think it can change with those people in charge? Do you think Edward Wood can shift his focus? Woodward can't shift his focus. Woodward needs to put his ego aside and put someone in the football. Yeah, the, someone ahead the football that, that, department. That should be, by, by that I mean, yes. Yeah, a bit of change he, in his ways. If he can focus purely from a commercial perspective, United sells itself. I could probably do his job, to yeah. be honest with you. But if we can, again, if we can, I don't know what the right system is. I don't know what the solution is, but I'm not paid the money that these guys are made to make those decisions. But we can all see that there's something's definitely wrong there at the core of the club and it needs to change. Can Woodward do it? Yes. But, and we've spoken about this, Tom, you know, the, the longer I go on, the longer this goes on, it's starting to come out like Woodward actually wants the club to be successful. I'm just wondering, do the Glazers stop Woodward from spending money? And I used to think that... I remember, especially the season under Mourinho, um, we, you know, we, we got Pogba, we got Zlatan, and, it looked, and a lot of us went into that season confident, like, you know what, we can challenge for the title. Obviously, Rooney was over the hill and so forth, but... And that was the season where you're like, you know what, they're going to start spending money. It's not long before we're back at the top. But then it all just started to fall apart again. And rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, and... 
until until there's some structure at the club, it's going to continue. There was Wait, a, there where's was the a, director of football? Yeah, that, that, where's that, the director of football? I've been hearing about it for twelve months. Well, news, it was it was a hot topic a week or two ago, but it's died, died down. Now, one thing just before we finish, I want to add. add um, I forget if it was Simon Stone or Duncan Castles. I forget which one said it, but they mentioned that the Glazers and Woodward want to give the impression that they spend a lot of money, but they actually don't. There's, there's one or two marquee signings, but actually spend a lot of money. The most money you would spend is addressing the weaknesses, and United have never actually addressed the weaknesses. We've talked about centre back, we've talked yeah. about full back. Um, so yes, we can bring in Pogba. We've brought in Zlatan Ibrahimovic. We've brought in Marina, these big names, but the big names aren't what gets you to the top. You need, you know, that you need a solid base, yeah. and that is where the most money needs to be needs to be spent. So it looks like we've got a world record transfer, or at the time a world record transfer. We pay all these wages, but we also pay the drops at the other end of the scale. We're still paying Phil Jones, yeah. Chris Moore, and Ashley Young, and that is where the investment needs to happen. There was a report by Duncan Castles, and uh, apparently he, he actually said with Herrera, in Herrera's case, they offered him less uh. than what he's currently on to stay while giving Phil Jones, Chris Smalling, and Ashley Young wage increases. Sort of pointing it out that the club seems to have some sort of obsession with keeping the English players. If that's true, Tom, we are in dire shit, mate. That's criminal, if the case. And that, that, yeah, well, one word, that is scary. Um, if that is true, that Herrera got offered less, which, okay, if you want to offer him less, I disagree strongly, but that, that's fine. But you cannot do that and then give an increase to players such as Phil Jones and Chris Smalling. So, look, that would not surprise me if true, but, yeah, is completely frightening. Um, now, I think that just about wraps it up. Is there anything else? One, we had one question in, I think, from Robert. I won't repeat the language, but it was along the lines of when are we going to sign players and start selling players? By this time next week, as we said at the start of the episode, it looks like Daniel James is on his way to Carrington. But by this time next week, do you think there will be any business completed, whether in the door or out the door? Uh, I think maybe not in the next week, but I definitely think in the next month you'll see a lot of. It better be in the next month. God, yeah. they'll, they'll be in Perth in a month. That's the thing. Uh, before I think before the tour, you'll you'll see a few a few names. You don't need Daniel James to be announced by this time. time next this week? Time, yeah, he will be. I think he will be if he's doing his medical. Yeah, oh, you know, it's, it's inevitable. I, well, Daniel James, and obviously the condolences. Obviously, his um, your thoughts about his family. That he's the passing of his father has obviously added a um, few weeks to this deal. But even before that, we've been linked to Daniel James for a month and nothing gets done. So even after a medical, I remember Fred did his medical, it was a month before he announced him. <laughs> so, um, who knows? So, put your money away now. This, this time next week, we record. Do, is there a player holding a shirt? Yes or no? Yes. Yes? Daniel, Daniel James. James. Daniel James. Okay, nothing else you want to add? Daniel Hummers. No? Hummers. Uh, um, uh, follow us on Instagram uh, at MUFC Podcast, Twitter, same handle. Facebook, we're all there. Um, I'll try and put out a little snippet of our faces. And yeah. Yeah, no, we're moving up in the world and getting used to all the technology. Yeah, mate. Um, we might create a new iPhone soon. Who knows? I am due for a new phone in the next week. Before I go to Perth, I need to get in touch with that and get sorted the new iPhone. Um, <laughs> up until that, we'll see Daniel James next week. And thanks for listening. Catch you next week. Cheers.